What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 1,230 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And today we're talking with Kalen Huntress. He is a digital marketer and entrepreneur who helps people create automation systems and growing their business and building websites and all that kind of stuff. Really, really smart guy. He's got a book coming out called Marketing Yourself. And I highly recommend you check it out at marketingyourselfbook.com or his website, Kalen Huntress, that's C-A-E-L-A-N Huntress.com. And today we talk about different, like basically it was like a back and forth brainstorming session for how to grow and scale business and really, really cool. And it's it's especially interesting because yes, Kalen helps people with digital marketing. So we have to go deeper. We have to go a little bit more creative here. And we do because he's got the basics and foundations down, obviously. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It's gonna be super fun. Let's get right into it. Kalen, welcome to Ask Pat. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Pat. I'm looking forward to this conversation. As am I. Why don't we start off with yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure, yeah. I'm a, I'm a marketing automation specialist. I run a digital marketing agency called Stellar Platforms, which helps experts and entrepreneurs set up smart marketing systems. Nice. Where did this come about for you? Like, why get into this? Well, I left the United States about 12 years ago and had to start my own business. This was back when digital nomading was kind of becoming a new thing. And so I jumped into that with both feet and started as a web designer. Making websites is a lot of fun because you've got, you've got to have an overlap of skills. You've got to write good copy. You've got to design decent graphics and you've got to know a little bit of code. And I happened to be able to do all three. And so I ran a web design agency for a while and found that I was ha- the most fruitful conversations I was having with people was around their marketing, how to build their list, how to find more clients and how to convert their leads into customers. And so that became the core of my business. And I started doing a lot of work with sales funnels and lead magnets, helping people grow their income, their impact and their influence. Nice. How long ago did you start this agency? 12 years ago when I left the United States, I took my two kids and my pregnant wife to Costa Rica and we had a baby there. So he's an anchor baby. He's a citizen. We're all permanent residents. But, you know, Costa Rica wants to eat you. It's got bugs and spiders and snakes. And when you have three little kids, it's really stressful. So we thought, what if this was completely different and we moved somewhere with no natural predators? So we moved to New Zealand four years ago and that's where I live right now. Wow. New Zealand. That's amazing. It's definitely my bucket list to go. The people are so amazing uh, and friendly. I'm actually really jealous. That's so, so cool. All right. So marketing and automation, is there a particular niche within the entrepreneurial sort of digital marketing field, or is it kind of just spread across a a bunch of different people? Well, you know, Pat, the types of people that I specialized in working with when I was a web designer were, um, were authors, coaches, and speakers. I've had some best-selling authors and some nationally syndicated radio hosts and some Hall of Fame public speakers as my clients. And so I got to know that market really well. And so the experts and entrepreneurs, people who have something to say and something to sell, that's where I've really focused my attention. Very nice. Hence, conversions, they're promoting courses, they're promoting books and programs and, you know, all kinds of other things. Excellent. So how's the business going? Oh, it's great. Yeah. You know, it's funny when the pandemic hit, a lot of people realized, uh, you know, they, they had their employment situation shuffled up. And a lot of people who wanted to do something on their own realized that they needed to build their own personal brand. And so I've gotten a lot more into online courses and producing videos. I don't do a whole lot of one-to-one work, but I've been able to, you know, do what I teach my clients how to do and grow my audience at scale. Nice. Do you have a particular platform that you're focused on in terms of like growing your audience, getting more exposure? Well, you know, because 
because I'm a marketing automation specialist, I like to use all the platforms. You know, my clients will say, hey, I'm on Entreport or I'm on ConvertKit or I'm on ActiveCampaign. And so can you make me landing pages or an email automation sequence? And so I'm always using different tools. And I like comparing this tool versus that tool. And sometimes that's what people hire me to do is to make that migration when they've been working on one tool for a little while and they want to go to another one. They need somebody like me who can push all the buttons and pull all the levers to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks. Nice. Where can people go and find you? Because I think people might be interested in what you have to offer real quick before we dive in. Yeah, well, I've got my personal website, kaylinhunters.com, where I talk about a lot of my adventures and my personal thoughts, but my name's kind of hard to spell. So I also have my digital marketing agency, stellarplatforms.com. And that's where I keep a lot of my my professional work. Definitely a lot easier to spell, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cool. So what's on your mind? Well, I've got this book that I'm coming out with soon, Pat. On August 12th, I'm launching a book called Marketing Yourself. The subtitle is How to Elevate Your Personal Platform to the Next Level. And I've been working on this book for five years. It's it's really got a lot of the best understandings of what I know about how to build your platform, grow your audience, and have the impact that you want to have on the world. When this book launches, I'd like to go on a podcast tour. So in September and October, so about four or five months from now, I want to get on a lot of podcasts and talk about my book. And What I'd like to know from you, Pat, is how should I approach podcasters? Is there a best practice for reaching out to them? Is there things that I need to provide to them in advance so that they can see at a glance whether or not I'm a match for their audience? Yeah, this is a great question. So first of all, you're on this podcast already, so you're off to a good start. You know, we started with one already. (laughs) One down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's sort of a sequence of different kinds of people that we can work toward in terms of podcast hosts. Number one, start with anybody who has a podcast already that you know, right? I mean, that's going to be obvious, but many people forget about that, that perhaps you have friendships or people that you've connected with before. Now is the time, even though it's May at the time of this recording, to initiate those conversations because you do want to give podcasters some months in advance to kind of put it in the schedule. Many podcasters, yes, kind of record week to week, but many podcasters like myself record three to four months in advance. So starting this now is really good. And so start with people you know. Now, if there are podcasts that you know match the audience that you want, I would imagine that my audience is similar. There's many other podcasts that you likely know. A fun trick that you can do is go to Apple Podcasts and find one of these podcasts. And then you go down to the related podcasts or people who listen to this also listen to this. This will give you a nice sort of rabbit hole of different podcasts that you know those audiences are overlapping and are your type, right? So you start with one and you can kind of write that map or that trail, which is really cool. And then of course, if you happen to know any of them, great. If not, the best way to kind of initiate a conversation would be through an introduction. If you know somebody who knows them, then that would be the next best thing. That's way better than a cold email or even a, a personalized video, which would be you know in the docket. But I think if you have a relationship with somebody who knows them already, awesome. One thing that you could do is also if you know some people who have been on the podcast circuit before, another author perhaps, or other people who you know are frequent guests of other shows in that niche, that person can be used to introduce you to directly those podcasters who've podcasts they've been on before too. Oh, so that's so smart. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. I'm, I, I'm trying to find ways to connect you to these people before you have to cold connect with them, right? So we're working on relationships you have and how you might kind of do that on different levels. The other thing that you could do is if there are any podcasts in particular that you're like, oh, that would be a dream podcast to be on, look at their archive and then see if you know anybody who's been interviewed there too. They could have 200, 500 episodes. There might just be one person who you now know 
is connected to them that you didn't know that that was the case for before. So how does that all sound so far? Oh, that's so smart, Pat. I like that a lot because, you know, looking through a podcast archive, since I've done so much work with the types of people who are on podcasts, you know, it's going to be easy for me to say, oh yeah, I know that person, or they were a client of mine, you know, and just, and then reach out to them and ask for an introduction. It's, it's a lot smoother than just trying to get in their email inbox past the spam filter. Right. Okay. So next from there, if you maybe don't have the ability to get an introduction, but you do have a connection still, for example, you see somebody who was on their show but you don't really know them that well, or maybe you aren't able to get in contact with them, that still at least gives you a conversation starter with that person who owns the podcast. So now it's not just like, hey, I'm some random person who wants you on my show. It's like, hey, I have seen your archive. I know this person who you interviewed. We're actually good friends. I would love to chat with you. And now it's just, they're that much more open to receiving, you know, a question or, or an ask of sorts. And so, so that works too. Now, I wouldn't do it via email. And I would start by those personalized reach outs directly to the podcaster. I would do it with a video direct message on a platform that you know they're active on, uh, if possible. Mm -hmm. Very yes. smart. So video is great because it's video, but I would also save that video. So here, here's a, like a two-step process. So, you know, film a short video that you're going to send to this person. It's personalized. It's different. Not everybody's doing that and make it rather quick, right? And many times you're not actually going to get a person to reply. Many times you will. But what you can do is take that same video and when you send an email to the person, this is when you send the email, say, hey, I filmed this video for you. Um, you might have missed it. I sent it over to your DM, but it was really important. I wanted to, to get it in front of you. Now a person's almost going to feel kind of bad that they missed <laughs> it in a way yeah. and be likely to see it. And now you're going to have a conversation. It could still be a no, but obviously if you don't try, then you're, it's automatically a no. So that's kind of the sequence of how I might be a guest on a podcast, no matter what, whether you have a book or not. The fact that you have a book is even better. You could also use that book as leverage for yourself too. Hey, I'd love to send you a copy of the book or I'll gift your audience five copies that you can give away. I appreciate that when, when people do that. Talk to me more about that. What's that like? Yeah. So like if you know that your book is perfect for that audience. You might say, hey, you know what? I would love to serve your audience. I have this book coming out and I know that the topics are similar to things you talk about, but I just go really deep and I'd love to explore a conversation we can have for your show to really help your audience do X, Y, Z. On top of that, I'd love to give you five copies of my book anyway, whether you choose to have me on your podcast or not, just as a thank you for what you do. And you can choose to give them away or, or what have you. And that often works well because now you're approaching it from a value giving first instead of asking for something first, right? Another trick, if you will, and, you know, be careful how you use this because it could be abused. But if you mention that podcast in your book, I mean, <laughs> there's, you know, hey, I mentioned you in my book. Now I'm intrigued. Now, people have done that to me and then they show me a sample chapter of the book and it's like, oh my gosh, you like spent four pages writing about my work. Like, I appreciate you. Like, let's talk. Yeah. But then I've, I've had other people reach out and say, hey, I mentioned you in my book. And then I look through the PDF and it's like on the final page, big thanks to, and then this giant list of podcasters. And it's like, okay, that doesn't really count, I think, but okay, good try. So yeah, again, 
don't don't abuse that power, but that is possible too. Oh wow, yeah. That you know, being a marketer, I'm I'm very sensitive to you know the powers that can be abused inappropriately. <laughs> and one of the things that I've seen people do, and I'd love to know your opinion on Pat, is sending some sort of document in advance, like a media kit or you know, like an interviewer's guide. Do you find those useful, or do you find that like? overwhelming that now you have stuff to study it's overwhelming usually but some podcasts will want to know as much about you as possible and would appreciate that so what i think would be the best case scenario would be you initiate a conversation first like don't send that media kit first Mm, right because then it's like you're already assuming that they're going to read it I would initiate a conversation or get an introduction or what have you and go uh, get the okay right Mm. yes i'll have you on the show cool would you like to have my media kit? It might help you and your team uh, make things easier. Or if you just want to get on the call and chat, I'm, I'm down for that too. Whatever is easiest for you. And that's how I would approach it. I would have it at the ready, just in case. I prefer to have the option as the podcaster to say yes or no and not just be force-fed stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah. What else? <laughs> well, how have you seen people best leverage an appearance on your show? Like, is there anybody that came through your show and then they did something where you thought, oh, that's really clever and you could see that it had a a definite positive effect? Yeah, uh, many things. One person that comes to mind is Jordan Harbinger, great storyteller, and he tells stories about people who's been on his show. And of course, when you tease those things and talk about it, it's like, oh, I need to go and listen to that in full now. Like, that's really cool. So now I'm like listening to his podcast. So if you could tell some stories or, or, or tease some things from your book, for example, then that would encourage people to go and check out the book, right? So what one or two stories from the book are you likely to want to bring up? Because you know, it just is so juicy that people are going to want to learn more, or understand how that works or, or what have you, right? So that's, that's number one. And Jordan did a follow-up actually where he paid me money. This was after his spot on the show. This was like a week later. He's like, hey, by the way, I would love to pay you to get more people to listen to the show. Can I sponsor your upcoming podcast episodes and have you tell people to go back and listen to that one? And I was like, whoa. That's clever. It was super clever. And you know, he's been one of the only ones who I know who does things like that because he's not even saying, hey, sponsor this so that they can buy this. It's like, sponsor this so that they can listen and then I can build trust with them and then they can come and find my stuff, right? So I like that that thought. And if you have an ad budget, perhaps allocating a little bit of it for something like that, especially if the episode is very relevant to that audience and also you know, seems to move really well, right? You'll understand right away if you get a lot of tweets, you know, a lot of conversation happening after it, you'll see which ones are like, you've really hit the nail on the head with that one. And hey, by the way, can we get more people to listen to this? Or, you know, can I pay you to boost this post on Facebook? A creator would never say no to that. It's free money and free exposure. And and, and, and it's, it's promoting it's, their own work. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's kind of a cool strategy that you can do specifically for a book. I think offering a sample chapter is an option that could could mm-hmm. potentially work or perhaps a part or piece of the book that is relevant to that particular episode. Like, hey, well, for me, for example, I have Will It Fly is one of my books and there are many exercises in that book. And when I get on another show, I used to, or during the time at which this 
book was getting promoted, I would recommend like a, one of the chapters and I would say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to give your audience a PDF file of that exercise so that, you know, you can just go right to it and see how it will impact your life or whatever the pitch is. And of course, they're likely to download it. You can do a couple things. You can give it to the creators so that they can do it and unload that. Or better yet, you have a lead page set up for people to get that so that now you have their email and you can follow up with them, et cetera. So yeah, well, I've got a lot of lead pages set up or a lot of the assets that are referenced in the book. Every chapter has a workbook to it. And I, I'm selling like the package of them as a, as a companion course. But I also have each one already set up as a lead magnet because I've had these as lead magnets for a while. But I, I'd like to ask you about the the ethics of offering lead magnets. Like if, if, if I come out and I, I throw down a, a URL, like when we're in an interview and the host isn't expecting it, is that a faux pas to say, hey, you should go to my website and go, and, or is this like generally accepted that it's okay? It's generally accepted, but I wouldn't risk because some people would consider it kind of like a, hey, you're just using this now to promote your stuff. You didn't tell me that you were going to do that. So I always am just upfront with that when I'm a guest on another person's show and kindly ask like, hey, would you mind if I offered this epic resource that we're likely going to talk about? And I'll just tell people where to go where, so that they can get it. I don't say like, hey, do you mind if I throw a lead page in front of your audience so that I can collect their email and follow up with them for years and sell them and take them <laughs> into my coaching programs. You know what I mean? So I think, again, as, as long as you approach it from serve first, like, cool, I think I think it's good. But I, I would not warn, that's not the right word. I would uh, allow this person to know what, what your goals are from the episode, for example. Yeah, just setting good expectations. That makes sense. Exactly, exactly. I, I think that's just being a good human being, right? Right which is what we should all be doing anyway, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, what should I watch out for? What are some of the mistakes that people have made approaching you to get on your podcast that I should be aware of so I don't trip over them? Yeah, I I don't think you do this, but dear host of Smart Passive Income, I often get. <laughs> so use their name, <laughs> number one. There's so many bad things that like, the bots and spammers do to like do this. But I honestly get two or three messages a day that are like just like that. But more than that, even if it is personalized from somebody, having it be very clear that they're doing this just for them and not even really considering how it might help me or my audience, then that's not good. I'm already turned off, right? I'm turned off if I don't know you and you're already asking me for something, that it's it's basically an, a, an automatic no. The introductions work so well. Honestly, when a friend of mine goes, hey, you got to check out this person, I'm usually going to say yes, because I just care about that person so much. Now, I've been getting better at saying no, because I have had that problem of saying yes to too many things. And I think we can all relate to that. But an introduction goes, again, a very, very long way. So I would fight for that if you can. But even if it's a direct ask, a person will email me. And if it's very clear that they know my brand, they know my audience, they know exactly what kind of things they would need, and they have a, a pretty epic story to tell then it's pretty clear that I'm likely going to make room for them in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I've seen this advice a lot in the preliminary research that I've done to figure out how do I get on podcasts. And people say, you know, like you want to reference their audience and talk about the specific benefit that the interview will give to their audience. And some of the, the advice I see in this, it seems to be like pretty meaty. You know, like you want to go and look through their archives and find a specific thing to quote. And it seems like, a, like it would be a lot of work to front load it that way. But I'd like to be more efficient about it. Yeah, I mean, that is true. At the same time, that also sounds very machine-like in a way. 
when I get in the position of doing this again, because I will, I'm in the middle of writing the next book and whatnot. So I will do a podcast tour as well, which again, I 100% agree with that strategy. I think it's super smart. I would likely listen to one of their episodes that seems to intrigue me and just do it while in the car, right? Like that's wasted time anyway. And then that alone would give me info about them and perhaps their quirks or something they mention. And I wouldn't choose the latest episode either. I would choose an episode that was maybe at least a month behind. That way, a person does just go like, oh, well, you just listen to the latest episode and you just pull that out, right? Versus, oh, like you listened to that part and you knew that, right? And then when you not just pull like, hey, I loved in the episode when you talked about this, or I loved your quote, and then they just copy and paste from the transcript, like that I'll see as well. It's obvious when a person actually did listen to the show. But what I love... And what I recommend is like, if there's like a little thing that was breezed over, like the podcaster goes, yeah, you know, I was a little bit tired today because took the family to Disneyland. And oh my gosh, I walk like 12 miles on my Fitbit. Anyway, let's get to the show. I'll bring that little moment back nice. and be like, like, hey, last time I was at Disneyland, I did 10 miles, you beat me. <laughs> Just like, you know, that little random thing does so much to go, okay, like you caught that. And, and okay, let's chat. You know what I mean? Yeah, that personalization, it, it creates an authentic connection. And when we're living in a world of automation where there's so many bots who are fabricating authenticity, having like an authentic connection where it's obvious that you actually engaged with the work, that you did the listening, that you did the reading, you know, that you were, uh, it really does stand out. And I wouldn't even say, I listened to one of your episodes, name of episode, just be like, just be be natural about it, right? And like, I wouldn't lie and say, I listen to your podcast, even though you listen to only one. I would just be like, hey, I heard your episode and you talked about this. And I did the same thing too. Like, I'd love to chat with you. I'm writing this book and I, I know that like this kind of thing would be relevant to your audience. If not, no worries, but I'd love to send you a copy of the book. Let's chat. Let's just make it natural. Just right? being people, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what's been most effective for you, Pat? You've got a new book coming out. You're going to do another podcast tour. You've done this book slash podcast tour thing before. Like, what have you found the most effective for growing your audience, growing your list? Is there anything that you could attribute that these metrics were raised by these activities? You know, the metrics are one thing, right? And you can track on lead pages and, and all that kind of stuff. It does work just in general. The podcasting spots work. But what really works is really focusing on while being a guest on the show, making a connection with that audience. So great storytelling. The better I tell stories, the more of an impact it makes. That's really the secret. And it's not even like, a, it's just tell better stories, right? So, so much of life is, is it, it focuses around that. You know, if you tell better stories, you'll be fine. <laughs> it's so true, though. It's so true. I mean, I don't know if that's what you wanted to hear, but that's what I found to work best. On top of that, what has worked in terms of like preparation for this is a spreadsheet. Who have you reached out to? Who has yet to reply? Who said yes? Who said no? And keeping track of all that so you can see like all 20, 50, 100 podcasts that are there. And then the links to them and all that stuff that come in after it gets published, like that's all super handy to have. And it also becomes a place to go back to if, the, if your book does really well and you really want to thank these people. So, I mean, you don't even need to send them anything physical, just a, a postcard or something to say thanks. It goes a very long way. And I've seen a lot of follow-up business happen as a result of a podcast. Months go by, follow-up with a video, just saying thanks again for that. 
oh, let's talk. Yeah, I've had a lot of luck with, you know, postcards go a long way when I'm sending them from New Zealand. They really do go a long way. And so handwriting oh, you're right. a little note, people really like seeing the international stamp. And, it, uh, you know, I've had people follow up with me like, you sent me a thank you card from New Zealand and I show it to everybody. And I'm like, what? It's just mail. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's mail that people aren't used to getting. And that's, again, the key is something different. Yeah. And it's and it's it's that authenticity versus automation. You know, it's it's one thing if I'm just spamming emails. But if I take the time to hand write something, then people feel like there's an authentic connection there. Yeah, for sure. Man, this has been amazing. And I think this is gonna be really helpful for especially any authors out there, anybody writing books, but honestly, just anybody who wants to share their message and be a guest on another show. So I appreciate you prompting this and asking the right questions. And I want to wish you the best of luck on the book. What's the name of the book? And where can people go check it out? The book is called Marketing Yourself. And they can go to marketingyourselfbook.com. Even easier to spell. I made it super simple. Right now, it's just a, you can join the wait list on it. It launches on August 12th. But after that date, then you'll be able to, to purchase it and the Cornerstone Workbooks, the companion course from that website as well at marketingyourselfbook.com. Nice. So good. Well, thank you, Kaylin. Appreciate you and, and best of luck. Thank you, Pat. This is a wonderful conversation. Much appreciated. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kaylin. Again, you can find him at kaylinhuntress.com or check out his book, marketingyourselfbook.com. Thank you so much for coming on, Kayla. I appreciate you. And I'm looking forward to the success that you have moving forward. I hope a lot of these ideas get pushed through because there are definitely some great ideas here that I think are a perfect fit for you. And I want to wish you all the best and good luck on the book launch as well. Yeah, this is it. This is awesome. Just thank you so much for listening all the way through. I appreciate you. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on some upcoming episodes. We got some Where Are They Now episodes coming up. We got some episodes specifically that are gonna help you uh, grow and scale your business even more and get some time back as well. So you don't wanna miss out on that. Thank you so much and I appreciate you. I look forward to serving you in the next one. Peace out, take care. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Ask Pat at askpat.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski. And our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Ask Pat is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while, and that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, 
the Smart Passive Income Podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.